Hello and welcome to the Hall of Fame Movie Podcast. Listen to Matt Levy and Mark Rossi as they put their cinema studies degrees to good use and induct the best movies into their own Hall of Fame. Roll the camera. Hey, Mark, how are we doing? I am feeling great. Sometimes you feel like you're living multiple different situations simultaneously, and this is the perfect time to feel that way. Well, you're talking with one version of Matt, but the uh, the other one could snap in at any time, Mark. One of the other universe mats might just pop in any moment. One of the infinite mats can <laughs> pop in at any moment in time. One of them that doesn't do podcasting, it's probably, he's probably like, I don't know, an engineer or something, something cool. Yeah, something, something different, something yeah. off the beaten path. Absolutely. But I think you're hinting at the film that we're talking about this week, Mark, and that is a film that we both saw in the past year. I think I saw it before you, I believe. I think you saw it a couple times as of recently. Yeah, I've watched it several times. It's It's been in heavy rotation. So yeah. like every like few weeks, I usually like revisit it. If not, like I'll watch a few scenes and they'll be like, yeah, let's just start it from the beginning. When the, the movie that we're talking about, Everything Everywhere All at Once, it came out in 2022 and it's now heavily involved in all the award season conversation and justifiably so. Me and Mark said, let's talk about this movie. This movie hit me on emotional levels, which I wasn't expecting. And people for months were saying how good this film was and how it was their movie of the year of last year. Yeah. And I finally saw it and it it kind of set, it, it definitely met expectations. It also exceeded just how this movie would be. It's funny. It has action, but it's also heavily a lot of emotion and drama. This film somehow covers like a big, big span of the spectrum of film, yeah. but somehow manages to walk that tightrope. Mark, where does this film kind of like, where does it hit for you? Oh, it's kind of the same as you. It, it hits all these different areas of the, like the movie going experience and also like our life experience kind of touches on all of those. Like you were just mentioning, there's, fantastic action choreography there is a lot of humor but there's so much heart in the movie and like you i was like a little surprised at how much heart there was in the movie like i knew there were going to be some great action sequences and choreography and going into it i'd heard good things so i knew there were there were things that were going to move me but i didn't expect to be as moved as i was like by the time you get to the end of like what's technically the second part of the movie, but basically almost at the end of the, the third act, almost I'm like, a, I was a blubbering mess. I was, I was openly weeping and, and still having a great time, but I, it's so appropriately titled because like everything everywhere, all at once just describes the way that the movie feels all the genres that it tackles, all the different like dynamics of the human experience that it tackles. It's, it's a, a lot to kind of take in, but it's so worth it. It's unlike any movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think this is the type of film we we deserve in 2022 because of how much it tries to do and how much it succeeds in doing. It's a very ambitious film. It's not a short film, but it doesn't feel like bloat. It doesn't feel like excess. It feels like it's trying right. to tell 
this, 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 the core of the story, and obviously there's multiverse and there's heavily, like you said, action cinematography and, but at the core of this film, it's a family story. It's a family story. This, this, this Asian American family that owns this laundromat, obviously the husband and wife are struggling from the beginning. He's trying to serve her divorce papers. And there's something just so real and down to earth and relatable about their characters. It, if they feel very vulnerable and exposed, they're struggling, how stressful her life is, how unhappy he is, how that the stress that her father puts on her, the daughter's relationship. There's so much here, Mark. Just, just if you take the action out of it, there's so much here at the core in terms of family. Definitely. When you strip back all of the pizzazz and and choreography you have just the story of like familial conflict between a husband and a wife between a mother and her father and the mother and her daughter but what i think is interesting is that like it's not uncommon for you to have this type of like familial conflict within the structure of something else like an action movie or something along those lines but a mother-daughter conflict for the mother to not be the antagonist throughout the movie is different like a lot of the times you'll see the struggle of like if you if we go into the asian american experience it's the struggle of being like the americanized version of itself and holding on to your your roots there and 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 fighting back against your parents, but also embracing where you came from. But this is very different in that your, your primary protagonist is the mother. And, and I think that they play that so beautifully. It's so different. And Michelle Yeoh is incredible in this movie. Like this movie in general, I think should win all of the things, but she has won a lot of the things and should continue to win all of the things as we approach the Academy Awards. Yeah, you're you're hundred percent right about Michelle Yao. This film is a tour de France as far as like what she does and what she's capable of. And we've her she doesn't need this movie to to cement her career. She's been incredible for many years in many different roles. Right. But this film, you could just take this one movie, show it to someone, and she kills the drama, the action she could do in her sleep. The comedy, she's got really good comedic timing on top of right. it, which we've known for years. You put it all together and you're right. You wouldn't normally see a woman or a mother in this type of role. And she absolutely destroys and kills it. And that's why she is. I don't know if she's the favorite to win the Oscar. And I don't know by the time this podcast comes out, maybe we'll know who won. But she's the first, I believe, Asian actress to be nominated for leading actress in a in a in a film and that's it's she's absolutely deserving yeah she's a she's a force of nature in this movie like she's had a long storied career starting in like martial arts working her way up to like the martial arts epics like in crouching tiger hidden dragon she was incredible in that too but she didn't need this to cement her legacy but this is a role that she deserved and then it subsequently that i think moviegoers deserve to see her in to see what what she was fully capable of what her long and storied career the tool all the tools she had in her belt that she was able to put to use with this role and with this film and with these directors and the cast that she was with because there's no other way to say it that like with the performance that she had she's probably been held back for who knows how long but 
I'm glad that she she gets to have this role and that we get to see her in it. And we're I think movie history. I, I'm not. I don't think I'm being like hyperbolic by saying like movie history has been altered and is the better for the Daniel seeing something in her and giving her this role and kind of tailor fitting it to to fit her and 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 kind of accent all of all the things she can bring there. Yeah, it's so funny that you said you're trying not to be hyperbolic hyperbole here, but I think this is her best role. I think this is, and she's done so many, she's in her late fifties now. She looks fantastic, but she's at the top of her game. It's really a testament to the work she puts in, how dynamic she is as far as an actress, the action. Again, she does that with ease. I mean, this is matrix type stuff she's doing. It put it up there with all the other movies she's done. It's really impressive, but for me, it's still the drama. Yeah. That I keep going back to whether it's the scenes in the beginning where it's fully believable, this this mother who's struggling to connect with the daughter, a, a husband and wife, the mother and, and, and her father struggling and, and her just trying to balance all of this being the owner of this laundry, laundry mat. And she she just makes it all it seems so real, so believable and so sympathetic and you, I, I actually, as a viewer, I don't know if you're supposed to, got a little frustrated with her character in the beginning. I felt like she was not right. attentive to her husband. Then we can talk about him next. It, the inc- absolutely incredible performance, I think, of Ki Hoi Kwan. Did I pronounce that correctly, Mark? Nailed it. Nailed it. Practice awesome. <laughs> you did some good training there before the pod. <laughs> Playing Waymond Wong. What'd you think of him? He, he had been forgotten about for for so long in his own words he thought everyone had forgotten about him and when thankfully the daniels decided to switch the role from a father to the mother as being the leading role they needed to find the husband that can be this sympathetic character to kind of be the balancing force in her life and also the balancing force on screen and I think it was like an internet meme that was like what basically led to Ki Hui Kwan getting cast in this role, but he hadn't been in a role in like two decades. And he just, he was just waiting for this role. Like this is, this is a career making role for two elder statesmen, for lack of a better term, that's cut, that won't come to my mind in the game there between Michelle Yeoh and Ki Hui Kwan. And they were both, incredible waymond is such an unbelievably sympathetic character throughout the movie and also he gets to have his turn as like a the badass of all badasses you'll never look at a fanny pack the same way again i won't look at the rocks in an aquarium in the same way again because apparently you can just toss some of those in a fanny pack and start beating down people if you're waymond uh waymond prime i believe he was or alpha waymond but he was so great um he also kind of nails all the different dynamics he has great choreographed scenes that he did as much as he could do himself, but he really lands the comedy and is the emotional heart of, I think the second act of the film and probably might be the one that moved me to tears most frequently. Yeah. Uh, He's so good. I a hundred percent agree. There's this, this turn. He's almost like goes from Steve Urkel to Stefan where, where he's in the, the, the IRS office and you see that the turn of his character, like like a, like a flip, like you snap your fingers and a lightning bolt goes off and he goes from this like meek kind of, like you said, sympathetic kind of weak character to this like, I'm on top of it. 
I'm from the other universe. Um, this is what we need to do. And he's in control. And there's something so cool about how he handles that. It's really an awesome performance. As good, every bit as good as Michelle Yao is, he totally like handles the the yang to the yang there to, to make their, their partnership. And you see how things could have been throughout all their different paths. Yeah. Uh, it's so interesting to see how they played these roles. And I, I could, I just, I can't imagine someone else playing his role. I just think he owned it yeah. in every, in every possible way. You said it, he hits the comedy, but it's the, it's the, some of the drama, some of the lines he delivers and how he delivers them had me, had me weeping as well. It's, it's really two of the greatest performances in, in like, usually when you see a movie of this caliber or this well-known mark that gets this type of recognition, usually there's a standout performance that gets nominated. Right. This is one of those weird situations where you're getting multiple nominations from this cast. And that's not something you generally see where everyone is just delivering their A game. Right. It's it's usually even if you have a couple of standout performers, you'll you usually have one that's like head and shoulders above the others. Right. And the others I won't say are necessarily just along for the ride, but you you noticeably have one over the others. But even given the screen time, I think there are three absolute standout performances by the three members of the the Wong family. But yeah, his his transformation sometimes from second to second because he's jumping in and out of different consciousness and realities and multiverses is really incredible because he goes from Steve Urkel the 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 nerdy husband that's kind of a like a a, a person that's been kind of stepped over by his wife and thought of as an afterthought and then turns into Morpheus from from the Matrix and, and instructing her on how she can jump between different universes and acquire different skills. I'm never going to look at Chapstick the same way again. <laughs> that's for sure. But it just those scenes in the IRS office when he jumps between being Alpha Wayman and then when he jumps back after he had to do the paper cuts to acquire the skills, he's like, what happened to my hand? It's just, it's, he's, he's, a, he's fantastic. He's, he's at the top of his game. He but ends up being a hidden gem who has been hot, lying in wait, waiting yeah. for, I hope, I hope he gets like a dozen roles after doing this movie. I hope he's like mm-hmm. the most requested actor uh, yeah. going forward. Cause he's, he's so damn good. The two of them, if you only watch this movie and you decide to watch it, watch it for their performances alone. Not that you right. need any excuse or reason to watch this movie, but the two of them carry it. And you you kind of said that the, the third member of the family also holds her own as well, Mark. Right. Legend of the stage in my mind, Stephanie. As as the daughter, the primary antagonist, I guess. Yeah, I would um, say she's the villain. Right. As as her alter ego Jobu Tupaki, but she she's so great. I saw her actually uh, on Broadway in a couple different roles. But I saw her in Be More Chill, and she just kind of stuck with me. So when I saw her come on screen, I'm like, oh my god, that's that's the girl from Be More Chill. Which, you know, sorry, I didn't know your name, Stephanie Shu. If you check out the pod, but I'm not going to forget it now. <laughs> she is an avid she, listener, Mark. <laughs> she's, yeah, yeah, she's, in the, she's in the waiting room right now with Scorsese. <laughs> but she she delivers so much throughout her time on the screen as well, where she's like slightly unhinged as the homicidal, nihilistic Jobu. And then when she is joy, she's 
just wounded and vulnerable and trying to handle the dynamics of being a lesbian in a traditional Asian American family and dealing with her mother in the beginning of the film, hiding that fact from her grandfather. Yeah, she doesn't feel accepted. She feels right. rejected. Dealing and with the there's... fractured relationship with her mother. She, But she, she delivers all of this sometimes with a look or an inflection in her voice. It's just really, really new, like a really nuanced performance that I think might sometimes get overlooked because you have those two other fantastic performances by her movie parents. But she's also at the top of her game up to the task of of sharing the screen with Michelle Yeoh in her career best performance, which is no easy task. Yeah, I think she I think she definitely shows in this role that she can handle playing with the big boys because she 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 kills this role, which easily has a rawness and a tenderness to it that I think yeah. a lot of teenagers could probably relate to just looking to be accepted, just wanting to be understood by their parents right. and doesn't want to get pushed away or having the fact that she is a lesbian, having been lied to because her mother's ashamed of it. I mean, these are things that are really strong themes, strong topics, uh, strong plot points that there's, there's definitely a rawness to the role. And I'm glad that she's been recognized and does also a great job of you said of snapping between that character and Jobu Tupaki, which is a, a great villain name. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think what this film does really well, and maybe it, it, it might not hit as well for everyone else, but I think when it delves off into the absurd is actually one of the strengths because just having her beating down these these cops, maybe even killing them, if I'm remembering correctly, in the scene where Joy finally makes her way to the IRS office to yeah, confront I think that's in the hall. Mother. Is that like the hallway? The hallway yeah, where she's beating these guys with these giant dildos. Hilarious, so funny. There that is, is there, absurd. Yeah, Mark, I like that you brought that that point up. The absurdity of some of this film, and we'll get back to the rest of the cast. But I think it's a good tangent because. You could look at the action, you could look at the drama, you could look at the comedy parts, but then there is this other element that people that I've talked to said they just couldn't understand some of the absurdity. And let's bring up a couple of those that come off the top of your head. For me, one would be the multiverse with the raccoon. I think that is pretty absurd if you ask me yeah. there's also the wiener fingers yeah hot dog fingers i knew that one was going to come up hot dog fingers is pretty absurd what do you think about the rocks mark i was crying during the rocks when they were they were just rocks on on the cliff which i thought was incredible that you could cut all of the audio you cut the music you cut the dialogue you just have two rocks next to each other and you have text representing speech between a mother and daughter and it's moving me to tears as as uh but there's a there's an absurdness but yeah. also a brilliance too right how absurd and ridiculous it is are those off the top of my head are there any other absurdity or universes besides those three that you could think of those were probably the the two craziest universes bring their final sequence where they're they're fighting to save joy from going into the everything bagel yeah, <laughs> uh, they they briefly turn into pinatas fighting each other with I, which I thought right. was kind of funny. But some of the absurdity leaks over into the the universe that they're in, as it it would tend to do with this type of a premise. There's one where 
Jenny Slade's character is whipping her dog around on the leash and using the dog to attack Evelyn, which was hilarious. And then they're looking for a jump to be able to jump to another multiverse to get skills and two assassins finally try to use the butt plug looking trophies as a butt plug to plug in and be able to jump to acquire new skills leading to one of the most ridiculous action sequences you've ever seen where you have two different assassins attacking Evelyn with butt plugs still in their butts censored out Asian porn style (laughs) as they continue the really fantastic choreography. Yeah, no, that those are all really awesome moments, maybe a little bit less absurd but one of the other multiverses that really hit me was the one where they're kind of all dolled up and all dressed up, looking all famous and fancy. And there was some amazing dialogue in those sequences that what if yeah. things happened this way? What if we had done things a little bit differently? And they kind of right. thought they talked more like in theory and what ifs, but right. there was just something so powerful to some of that. I mean, you could probably list on two or three, if you had three hands, how many different just moments of dialogue were just like gut wrenching in this film? Yeah, you were just pointing to it. That one's one of the most like heart wrenching deliveries that Kihoi Kwan nails is in that alternate reality where they both end up being wildly successful apart yeah. from each other. He's like, even though you've broken my heart once again in another world, I would have been happy just doing taxes and running a laundromat with you. It's just like, oh my God, my heart's in my throat. Yeah, yeah, just, it's, it's amazing. It's, he's just it's it's so well written and so well delivered just like that you get everything that you think you wanted but you have yep. that tinge of regret knowing this this was true love that we missed out on yeah it's amazing because in that small amount of time you can see how successful they are but how unhappy they are right and you, you can't always accomplish it's it's just the amount the content the amount of universe you you didn't get this much in doctor strange in the multiverse of madness you didn't get this many multiverses so you're right about the absurdness you're right about some of the gut-wrenching moments if we were to continue with the cast i think you have to go next to the absurdity of jamie lee curtis's in who who i mark when i first watched this film i'm halfway through and i go wait a minute is that jamie (laughs) lee i didn't know it was her right right jamie lee curtis as deirdre the irs lady who gets sucker punched by Evelyn. Oh, that was another fantastic moment. But her as Evelyn's alternate reality hot dog finger lover was hilarious. I thought that was as almost as absurd as you can think of, but still ended up being like oddly moving. Uh, wasn't as moving as like the other family reconciliation, but seeing the two of them together as like everything the other one has in this alternate reality was oddly moving as they were like playing the piano with their feet and playing the yeah playing the piano with their feet and leading into a moment of clarity for evelyn on how to kill him with kindness but even her sequence her portrayal as the irs inspector in the office there was something very intense and Mm -hmm. even horrific at times i thought she was very i thought actually that was quite bordering on scary yeah parts of that scene the way that was filmed and the way she portrayed the 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 character i don't know about you but Mm -hmm. i was like at times like on edge yeah that first that first time they kind of switch evelyn into the alternate reality and uh irs ladies banging down the doors as the number one or the number two in command behind Jobu Tafagi, and she was horrifying. But then also, again, they go from having her being 
completely horrifying and unsympathetic to when she switches out of the reality back into her regular reality. She's like, did you staple this to my head? It's it's so good. She's so good. Everyone She's in this so movie is good. so good. Yeah, no, it's 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 really a spectacular cast, and it's not even a tremendous cast. I mean, it really focuses on a few core characters. His his the grandfather, another actor who's who's been around the block many times. James James Hong. Thank you, James Hong. I, I've seen him in, in countless films over the years. Phenomenal character actor. And another one who I at first with different makeup and different things, I didn't even know it was him at first. But he's done things from, you've seen him on Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. You've seen him on the West Wing, the movie Airplane. Right. You've seen him on Friends, Chinatown. I feel like, I'm trying to think of one most notable thing. It's a Wayne's World too, of course. Right. That's probably one of the big ones. There's just so many different things. He's His career is another one that rivals probably Michelle Yao's in a lot of ways in terms of the amount of roles and keep parts he's done over the years but here he plays the grandfather the over demanding father of evelyn's right and it's it's really interesting seeing these four five six actors just really just kill this film i mean it's 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 not a huge cast so it's a massive film but it's a really a small core cast right the the role of the grandfather isn't large as far as screen time but He's kind of a looming presence yeah. over the character of Evelyn throughout the entire film. Like the decisions that he made, specifically like letting her go off to America with Waymond early in her life, and how that decision kind of was central in the way that she processed her relationship with her daughter and framed her entire life as a married woman he he looms kind of large so when he he gets to be like center stage so to speak in a few different scenes it's kind of important for him to have that type of a presence and early on in the film he has that presence in brief moments with evelyn and then he gets to partake in the cathartic moment at the end when he he just simply says the word girlfriend to to joy's girlfriend and and she she doesn't even understand and this is a great moment where you're moved that he's accepting finally that this is his granddaughter's girlfriend and she's like what did he say it's it's such a it's such a brief moment but it's so important for you to have that that full type of catharsis of how this family has really healed itself through this experience well i think what i love what you said is how i feel like michelle yao's acting and her portrayal of the character you see so much of how the father has impacted who she is and why right. she's become the way she is and how she's sort of stressed out on edge and feels like she's been a disappointment to her father. And you see some of that now happening with her daughter and how it's sort of now passed down the generations, how the, just the pressure has just been too much to live up to and the, the not accepting and trying to please them. And it's, it's interesting to see how, again, his character is, he's not in the film for, all that much, but you're right that the right. presence is there and it's felt through the performances. So it's 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 really a brilliant film. I, I just you know you go back to for me, Mark, if we're gonna talk about like scenes or moments, I'm sure there's a few for you. I know later in the film when they end back at the laundromat again and they're kind of celebrating the birthday, and it's kind of like also has it some of the dramatic dialogue. I remember that whole scene just being really just yeah just eye-opening and just 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 so moving at times 
for me, again, it, it wasn't necessarily some of the action scenes that I think back to on this film. It's all the different emotional dialogue that I keep bringing myself back to and saying, wow, that hit so hard. Right. I'm exactly the same. There are some phenomenal, well choreographed, entertaining and hilarious scenes throughout the movie. Great fight sequences. But the things that keep me coming back to this movie over and over and what I think separates it from the pack are those moments that you're talking about and that the characters talk about. Mm-hmm. She's like, every time we're around each other, it hurts. And she's like, just let me go. And she said she what she asked earlier like in the film she's like how could her father just let her go and she says she's going to let her daughter go but then she learns from her mistake and she's like no i'm not going to let you go she's like this is the the place i want to be is with you even if it's only for a few moments in time where things make sense together and it's it's just like such a beautiful moment and then mother and daughter just embracing in the middle of a parking lot yeah you oh, have that that realist- was another one. Oh. That realistic moment right after where they have this beautiful moment. She's like, this is awkward. And it is slightly awkward, but it doesn't make it any less moving. But the running joke that we've had off pod until we've gotten to finally talk about it today is that I have continually said, like, this is what Doctor Strange and the multitude, the multiverse of madness dreamed it could do with the multiverse and came nowhere close. Yeah, we've t- definitely talked about it, and that film right. probably should have had a different name. And I think if it was named something different, like mm-hmm. The Fall of an Avenger, or yeah. like The Avengers, you know, The Scarlet Witches, something about... Doctor Strange too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trying to save the Scarlet mm-hmm. Witch. Anything like The Fall of the Witch, or anything would have been better than... I think the pressures of calling it the multi-turds of madness, the yeah. multiverse of madness... I think that just put the pressure on the film that it's supposed to do so much more than it did. I actually happen to really, really like that film. I'm higher on it than most people. Mm -hmm. But then this movie came out. Let's see. That movie came out early 22. Would they come out a few months of each other? Was this before that? I think it came out within like a month of each other. That's fascinating. So let's see. So everything, everywhere, all at once. The release date of the film in the United States was March 25th, 2022. Right, the wide release, yeah. The wide release, exactly. And then if we were going to look up Multiverse Madness release date, I believe it's in April. It was May 6th. Okay, so this came out before it. This came out a good couple months before, about about two months, month and a half. Made a little bit harder for that movie to live up to this type of Yeah, this could have been... There's definitely the multiverse comparison there. For me, I think this film still has a lot more in common with the Matrix in terms of when she's sitting in the office, she's got to take the pill. Mm -hmm. You know, you said he's kind of taking like the the mentor role as like Morpheus type role. There were were a lot of similarities to the Matrix, I thought, and having like the agents kind of like the IRS agents and them all looking for them. So there was definitely a Matrix feel to it at times, but this movie totally separates itself. I mean, it's in the smallest similarities. It's not a clone or a copy in any sort of the way. It's a completely different concept altogether, but there's definitely comparisons you can draw. Right. It, But that's the thing that's nice about it is that it it is very unique in the way that it tells the story there, the types of worlds that it's going to, the themes that it's kind of drawing upon, it's all very 
uniquely constructed and put together and it's done expertly well. Yeah, it's 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 amazing how the Daniels who young men writing this film, they said they were working on it since like 2010 or so. Right. And they said they saw things like Rick and Morty coming out and they're like, damn, mm. we better get this movie out soon because people are starting to do multiverse stuff. So it's funny how these these two men directed and wrote this film. So I know the Russo brothers helped produce the film. I don't know how right. involved they were, but to get this kind of cast, I know the script was was. Originally, I don't know, you said it earlier, but it was actually written for Jackie Chan right. to play the male lead rather than having it as a female lead. And I think everything for the better. I think not not a knock at Jackie, Jackie Chan. Obviously, right. he's great, but I think it worked out for the better that we got a more unique experience here having a mother, having the female lead in this. I thought made it so powerful. Definitely. And we love Jackie Chan as, as much as any other group there but he's had plenty of breakout roles if anyone was waiting for a role and deserved it i think it was michelle yo more than jackie chan sorry jackie you're welcome on the pod anytime as well that you want to come on <laughs> she's had some great roles i know she's now had appearances in the mcu she's had appearances in as you said she's done a lot of great great films like hero and a crouching tiger hidden dragon and films right. that were wildly wildly successful right but as far as recognition by like the Academy and awards and people of her peers in Hollywood, this is like her big moments. I'm, I'm right. really excited. I love when actors after people like Brendan Fraser, I feel like is now getting his moments. I like seeing actors right. after 20, 30, 40 years of doing this, getting their quote unquote moments or 10 minutes or moment in the sun. Right. And it, she's had recognition for her roles but i think the difference here is that she's unquestionably the lead yeah and and for her to get her recognition even just from other filmmakers to be like hey we see you as leading material that that's something so important and especially for a woman who's in her 50s to be able to have this type of an opportunity and to show that you can have a highly successful film both critically and financially it's done well too so maybe that opens the door for more women of age which feels weird to say for someone that's only in their 50s considering we have no but it's a true thing in hollywood 70s, that absolutely. women once they pass the 20s and 30s where quote unquote hollywood sees them peaking it's much harder for them they have to get like character roles or bit roles where they play a mother or they play an aunt mm -hmm. they don't get to be lead characters anymore or the lead female so this is very right. like you said very rare to see a woman in her late 50s getting the lead role it's a powerful role it's a diverse role and she owns it she destroys it and it's one of the great it for me i feel like i only see a film mark that like hits with me like on like an emotional and like powerful level every few years right. it really sticks with me and i see a very few movies each year that are like i consider like very mm -hmm. very good and this was like up there like in the last five years one of the two or three most powerful films i saw it's going to stick with me for years to come right and I'm, I'm right there with you there are a lot of films that i enjoy yep each year but this one struck such a chord with me emotionally that I just keep going back to it and I can't, I can't stop. So I definitely think this is going to have staying power. I hope that this is just the start of a second life 
for Michelle Yeoh, for Kihoi Kwan, and and that they continue to to get work. I know Kihoi Kwan just got cast in Loki, I believe, season two. So looking forward to seeing Excellent. him in that. Great. If they have any brains there in, in Disney with the Indiana Jones movie coming out, they hopefully called him up and, and found a way to get him in there as well and haven't revealed it to us because I think that would be fantastic as well. So we'll see where it goes from there, but this should hopefully springboard them into another error for them with lots of different roles and hopefully springboards movies in Hollywood and mid to big budget movies where you open up roles in the lead to women that are in their fifties in their sixties, because well, not, they can still, they can still do it. Not only women, but seeing a Hollywood budgeted film that's focused around an Asian family an Asian right. American family. And that's not something generally this film would probably be subtitled and filmed elsewhere around the world. And it's, it's, it shows that the film's right. good. You can put different peoples of, of mm-hmm. varying backgrounds in the roles and have, much much success so this is again right. further proof that talent is talent star right. power is star power regardless of who or where mm-hmm. they're from and i hope we get more types of movies like this because this movie felt different this movie felt authentic it felt like something special and this movie is going to go down as one of the best movies of the 2020s maybe that's just maybe now still in the moment but i i don't think so right yeah, I think you you nailed it on the head that if you have a great story, it's going to cross the cultural boundaries and people that are white, black, Asian of any ethnic or religious background can see themselves in the characters and relate to their trials and tribulations. But for a lesser represented race, for them to be center stage and at the to be the focal point for what is like the it movie of the year is so huge. It's so important to representation in Hollywood for underrepresented communities is, is always something that I think is, is welcome in this age here. And hopefully we, we get to the place where it's more commonplace to the point that we don't even need to mention it anymore, but yeah, it shouldn't have to be mentioned that all the different nominations are, unique and first times for 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 Asians in these type of roles it shouldn't have to be mentioned and i feel like 3 4 5 years ago as we were talking about african american uh, actors and actresses getting these type of nominations and right. it, it, i wish we didn't have to i wish we could just say he or she or they were great in the role right. regardless of that but hopefully more of these roles become commonplace where that is a possibility so that's right. another great reason why this movie listen the the white woman was basically the other villain of this movie. And I, I like that. I like that. It's it's not just this could have been so easily, I feel like, cast as white male, white woman, white daughter. And then it would have been, I think, maybe just me, it would it wouldn't have hit the same. I wouldn't have felt as as authentic, right. realistic, felt like this was a real world we were a part of. It, it would have felt more commonplace. So I think there's something also something unique to that. Right, absolutely. Uh, just by embracing a different culture, you're able to bring in all the different baggage that people in that culture have experienced and can then relate to. And through that, you can find common threads for other, just the mainstream audience at large. But it's it's 
it's very important and positive that this type of a movie has been able to kind of transcend culture a little bit and has found its way to the this mainstream audience where so many people through word of mouth through different reaction videos online or TikTok have been able to find this movie and find themselves in these characters and hopefully again that should be a springboard for other more mainstream studios to take that same type of a leap there and embrace different stories and different storytellers there because a24 is usually pretty good about yeah taking those types of risks and, and telling these different types of stories but the more success that it has and the more commonplace it becomes the better movies and stories we're going to end up having on our screens yeah i totally agree mark something that i read in the new york times wrote that this film was a swirl of genre anarchy which i kind of love yeah. that statement they explained that while the hectic action sequences and flights of science fiction mumbo jumbo are a big part of the fun and the marketing, which I agree, I feel like it was marketed that way. Right. They aren't really the point of the film. The movie is really a bittersweet domestic drama, a right. marital comedy, and a story of immigrant striving and a hurt-filled ballad of mother-daughter love. And it's like the fact that it can be this philosophical, it can go over the meaning of life and existentialism, and it can cover right. so much. It's just such an impressive film. And you said it earlier, the movie's kind of titled that way because it's covering everything everywhere all at once as well. It's like doing triple right. duty. Right. Yeah, it really is. And for it to go through all those different topics and all these different genres and be able to stick the landing sure. is it's such an accomplishment. I, I just hope that by the time this comes out or after it comes out when we get to the academy awards there not that awards are the be all end all but it would be great to see this movie get recognized with all of the major awards that it can yeah now i'm really excited we're 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 recording this i believe it's about a week or two out from the oscars so by the time this comes out we'll probably know whether it how much it won or how much it lost but I got a good feeling it's going to be represented at least for a few of the awards and it's going to be getting its getting its getting what it deserves and which is great when these movies win awards it gets even more eyes on it people find out about it they hear about it they they start advertising commercials the award right. winning the Oscar award winning so yeah that theatrical re-release that bump that it gets so yeah. I hope it gets the bump it deserves I know it was a commercially successful film but I still think it only did a hundred plus million in the box office. So I think right. it could definitely use another bump. I know it's been on DVD and Blu-ray and 4k for a while now, and I've seen it for like 10 bucks sometimes. So I'm, I'm sure that either means they've, they printed a lot of them and they're selling volume of it, or it didn't sell well and they're discounting it. I don't know, but all I know is there's a film that deserves to be seen. I think it's the best. It was my best film of 2022. If gun to my head, if I had to pick one, that was my movie. Yeah, And I think it might have been my best movie in like the last two or three years. It just nothing really hit me as hard as this did in recent past. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100% on both of those. It's definitely my best movie of 2022, best movie I've seen in a while. One that's sticking with me, I think will stick with me going forward. But if the Academy decides to award Best Picture, know that we got there first and we inducted <laughs> into the Hall of Fame before <laughs> you did. So ahead again, we're ahead of the curve. We're just trailblazers as far as picking 
the consensus best pick for most people that went to the movies last year for us to talk about. But selfishly, I do hope it wins Best Picture because of the aforementioned Best Picture re-release that happens, because I'd love to have a chance to see it in theaters again. So Yeah, I'm actually I'm almost embarrassed to tell you where I saw this film, but I was on a flight when oh. I saw this movie. So it's like the biggest slap in the face to see mm-hmm. like a film of this type of brilliance. Right. And this type of I'm sure there's certain things that would have just dazzled on a large screen TV. I've seen it again mm-hmm. since then on, on the home at home. Hey, it's nothing um, to sneeze at. You got no, a pretty good setup going on there. I got a good setup at home, but to watch this movie for the first time on what a six inch TV, six inch <laughs> TV on a flight. Yeah. And I was engaged from start to finish. It was right. it was absolutely dazzling. And I was just drawn in. I didn't even take the bag of chips when they offered it to me. That's how much nice. I was engrossed in this film. So on, put that on the trailer, put that on a right. He, he passed up on chips on a flight to watch this movie. <laughs> yep. No, it really is that good. Please go watch it. If you're listening to this and you didn't see this film yet, you planned on watching it. This is a film you should watch. Go into it, maybe expecting the action that the trailer shows, but also go into it expecting some great emotion, some absurd comedy, a little bit of everything. But Mm -hmm. each of the moments really hit. Each of the things really work. And at the end of it, I had some people call it to me and say they thought some things the absurd didn't land. And that's fine if if that didn't work for you. Right. But the emotions definitely work. Yeah, I think some people will be off put by the length that they'll go to for the absurd part of the film it i haven't talked to anyone that's watched it that wasn't reeled in by the emotion and the underlying family story that that thread that stays throughout the movie there so even if you come in for the action and the comedy you're i think you're really going to end up staying for the the familial drama and the catharsis of of that type of affiliation between the family members yeah no, i'm with you so me and mark we talk about films from the 60s the the 80s the 90s the 2000s you name it this film is a one-year-old film at this point and a, a damn good one-year-old film here we are reflecting on it putting it into our hall of fame this will probably be the most recent film quickly we put a movie from seeing it to saying boom it's in yeah absolutely but uh you know this one gets in there early so it's it's perfect because you'll have an opportunity to see it on lots of different media it won't be hard to find hopefully by the time this comes out there'll be a well-deserved theatrical re-release and who knows maybe i'll see you in the theater with, uh, <laughs> with nicole kidman talking about images <laughs> on a bright screen. mark if they were to run into you at the theater what would they catch you holding would it be candy some popcorn what's your go-to Definitely a popcorn. I'm a popcorn and, and a soda type of person there. Unless I, I got there uh, early and decided I wanted pretzel bites instead. And I delivered to my seat, but. I'm more of a nachos kind of uh, guy. Nachos is a classic. But I'm always torn because sometimes they have cheese, sometimes they have salsa. Right. So it's a, it depends what I'm getting with it. But yeah, no, it that's the, the popcorn. You can't go wrong with that either. I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah, absolutely. But see this movie on the biggest screen that you can, if that's in your home, if so it's at a theater, see it. If the biggest screen you have is on a flight, right. then do that too. Watch this movie in any medium yeah. possible. Yeah, but if that if that's the biggest screen you have in your life, <laughs> rethink your life choices. <laughs> so that is everything, everywhere, all at once. I think we sung its praises enough. Me and Mark 
talked about inducting this film like six months ago, I feel like, even before right. it got the recognition it's been getting. It's been like building up like steam coming up to the awards. And this just like pushed us even more. So I'd be like, damn, let's talk about this movie. Yeah. It, just seeing other people talking about it, it made me want to have a, the in-depth conversation with you about it that we get to share with with everyone out there. So um, I'm glad we we finally got around to inducting it the long few months after we first started discussing it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that is our next inductee. I think that puts us at 60 something episodes, but who's counting? So that's what we got for our closeout for actually we're in early March when this is going to hit you guys. So we hope you check this movie out and then we're going to get back to some of our classics that me and Mark have hand chosen, handpicked for our conversations to come. Yeah, definitely check out the back catalog. We have obviously several other movies where you can check out our spirited in-depth discussions and follow us on social media. Send, send us an email, leave a comment, let us know what you think. Yeah, definitely do. Thanks Mark for that, for that plug. We're 62 episodes in following last week's princess bride. Here we go. A film that kind of breaks the genre game with this film. I don't even know if you had to stick it in one genre, Mark, if gun to your head, for me, I think it goes into drama before it goes into action or comedy. Where do you stick it? I'm going to cheat and say a dramedy. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's yeah. fine. And that doesn't even cover all the other genres. No, but it doesn't. If I can get two in one. I, I think, think it's got like, like it's got like four. Yeah, all right. Definitely. So that's our movie. Guys, thank you for listening this week. Mark, thank you as always for joining me on the pod. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. I know you right now you could be sitting in a Broadway theater watching a show. So thank you for passing up on that. I think you saved me for myself here. I'll get a better <laughs> night's sleep. Guys, thank you so much. We'll see you guys all next time. See you next time. From Mark and Matt, thank you for listening to the Hall of Fame movie podcast. Check us out on Instagram at Hall of Fame Pod or email us at the Hall of Fame Pod at gmail.com. Please leave us a review. And be sure to tune in next time.